This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Before the start of this evening's game... Applause for Jaylord Samuel, who passed away earlier today. And it's just 47. When I go home late at night, this is a song that I really like to sing right now, so I'll play it for you. It's uh, called My Old Man. Grealish, Traore with the strike, blocked, and that is it, there is the full-time whistle, Aston Villa will be joining Fulham at Wembley for a chance to make it to the Premier League. Villa Leisure Centre, the best team on current form. Will you welcome, please, my old man, Seth. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael from myoldmansaid.com. We are here sitting on a bench <laughs> in, in Maisley Park as the sun sets on a victorious semi-final victory against Middlesbrough with Dan Rogers from the Villa Underground.com. 
It's a beautiful, beautiful Cheers. evening. We, Cheers. We are clinking iced coffees in vic victory. <laughs> this is our pre-Wembley detox before the day where you, you start convincing yourself that it's completely normal to drink Carling for a start and then to drink it or before, Fosters. Or Fosters before seven o'clock in the morning on a train. <laughs> Breakfast beers. You, Breakfast you, you've beers. got to have at least three with your shreddies. You have as, as many as you can carry, and, and you take small children. You tell their parents along for the experience, but really they're just carriers. <laughs> they're like runners from the First World War. Uh, we we were recording a show uh, last night, uh, <laughs> but after 15, the, 15 or so minutes, yeah, twenty minutes. That the mm. service that we use, their server just went down. So uh, we've got the first fifteen twenty minutes of the podcast. So we'll probably record that later on. Uh, but we thought we would do a first impressions of the what unfolded at Villa Park, which wasn't actually a lot at the end. No. But uh, we just do a quick one while we're praying for the server to uh, come back. I think it is back. But uh, anyway, how was you that night? Because a lot of people saying how nervous it was. And it's, it's tense. There's a filter uh, on Twitter, and mm. it's hype, and people saying everything's the greatest thing ever. And amazing. 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 Uh, oh, that was the greatest atmosphere I've, I've ever witnessed in my 30 years of uh, going to <laughs> Villa Park. N no. Uh, some of those men in black <laughs> machines have been held in front of some people's eyes, I think. Yeah, yes, you have no memory of that miraculous Tramia Rovers semi-final. Your memories of the Inter Milan home games have gone, the I mean, Phil King game. scoring a penalty to yeah. beat. <laughs> Let's that that memory's this. gone. It's gone. <laughs> Uh, the 6-4 bonkers uh, semi-final win against Blackburn, that's gone, gone. as well. Gone. Uh, this was just a playoff to get to the top top tier. I mean, my perception on this is what do Manchester United, Liverpool fans, Manchester City fans think when they look at Villa fans going, oh, that was the greatest ever atmosphere ever, and that was the greatest, probably the most important game ever in Villa's history. You think, nah. Mm. <laughs> I mean, take it up a notch, or running on the pitch in their jogging bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll get on to we'll that in a bit. That. I think I said to somebody, uh, I've kind of had a bit of a blue-collared approach to this game. Mm. It's just like you turn up, you get the job done, because nothing's achieved until you beat uh, Fulham in the final. Yeah, yeah. But I thought the atmosphere was really good, or, uh, yeah. all around this, all around the uh, every stand. I thought fans were well up for it, and I, I was quite li late arriving to the game, and uh, I think people after work and on the walk down to the ground had, had took a couple of hours to uh, preload, should yeah. we say. <laughs> <laughs> to preload. But I thought it made for a really good atmosphere, and I think Oh, you fucker. <laughs> <laughs> this is where you need YouTube. This is, yeah. The, it's a shame we're not... Strategic. Strategic. It's not over yet. <laughs> we're being... We're being attacked. <laughs> we're... Whoop. <laughs> are we running or... Surely younger anymore, surely. How do we see if we had Attenborough with us? He would describe that we've just been showered. <laughs> we, we're just sorry. It's a shame we haven't got YouTube because we're sitting on a bench underneath a tree, and whatever bird is in the tree has just unloaded <laughs> on me, hit me in the arm, hit me on the uh, trousers. It's not just, often that uh, I'm lost for words. I think we were talking a load of shit. But <laughs> I think that if we could. I was just saying to you before we came on air that the last time I came to this poet park I witnessed a woman being attacked viciously by a swan. By a swan. And literally someone has just shit on the villa. 
I'm glad they put tops on this iced coffee because um, that would have been a fucking tragedy. <laughs> I would, uh, I mean, if we weren't recorded live, I would have already got up, picked up a stone and flushed out the bird from the tree. But uh, <laughs> since we've got witnesses here, <laughs> you're all right. I don't think you got hit. I don't know. I, it was it's been the like, most surreal two minutes of my life, I think. <laughs> But I mean, they had two men sitting on the park bench with one of them wiping themselves. <laughs> so I expect to be led away. Covered in shit. Oh, it sunk through my fucking trousers. <laughs> you don't see it. This, I'm not laughing at you, I'm laughing at the situation. <laughs> it's just like fucking. I told you it was a good five. idea. It's a good idea to record this uh, podcast in the park. Whose idea was this again? Yeah, it was mine. <laughs> It'd be more straightforward, he said. Yeah. It'd be more, it's certainly more organic. <laughs> Fresh air, it'd be more healthy, he said. Oh, there will be more nourishment uh, through bird feces. You've been fertilised. Well, here we are, fertilised, anyway. Sorry, what the hell were we talking about? Aston Villa. Aston Villa Football Club. <laughs> as soon as those words were uttered, <laughs> shit came from the heavens. <laughs> <laughs> from the sky, it rained down. A fiery... Fire uh, imagine a shit. Wow. Sorry, the tension, uh, tension. I'm not tense yeah, anymore. Yeah, no. So, so I had this blue, blue collar approach, <laughs> and uh, I mean, maybe you know, maybe I'm jaded, but it's just the championship playoffs, and the yeah. final is where the yeah. excitement will be, because that's a bit of a fifty-fifty. I can't uh, wait. I'm really excited in a again in a tense way. That's I a think. fifty-fifty yeah. game where it's kind of winner takes all. Well, it is. I mean, you understand it now to lose that game. I think if you like, let's, I mean, no disrespect for, say, Reading, you get to the final mm. and you lose it and it's like, well, you know, we are mm. where we normally are, but with Villa, Nothing it's like the stakes are high and how depressed are the Chinese going to be if we lose that game? How depressed well, are the fans going to be? I hope they have the reaction can on, on Dr. Tony for that one. <laughs> I bet they don't, but <laughs> if you're sitting uh, near Dr. Tony... Does he qualify for a ticket? Has he been to enough games? No, I don't think he has. No, I don't think he has. Pro- he'll probably be in the Fulham ends because, uh, I mean, every fan's entitled to five tickets, so uh, I'm sure they'll be able to get him, get him in. Uh, sorry, just this, just stay on Middlesbrough mm. while I wipe this shit off me. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the atmosphere was was pretty good, and it wasn't helped by the game. No. And despite that, it's still, you know, everybody stayed with the uh, There were moments the where we could... And there were moments of, of good excitement. I, I think mm. that it was... There were lots of... Quite end-to-end, actually, with... And there was some great... In the middle of the pitch, there was a lot of good, strong challenges. Oh, yeah, and I, think was, I mean, the second half, there was a bit more what you would call action. Yeah. First half, I mean, when you saw Villa with a genuine forward momentum like you know Damar and Grealish yeah. were, were attacking the box but then you notice that Yedinak, Hurahan and Snodgrass were held holding yeah. a line and yeah. they weren't running up and supporting so I mean that's obviously under instruction yeah, yeah, yeah. because in, your natural uh, impulse for those players would have been to uh, support the attack so we were obviously uh, if we got a goal it's a bonus but mm. the focus was basically to stop them scoring did you think it was a risk? I mean, the fact that they didn't have a shot on t- yeah. shot on target, but as that Stuart Downing free kick showed in the final seconds, that had gone in, then all that... <sighs> it's I almost th- like 90 minutes wasted. I think we saw a lot of how Bruce has set us up 
he, he took the view. I think perhaps even on the hour mark, it was it was a shut up shop job. Um, he probably wouldn't expect. Cause it came from a what could have been a horrendous <laughs> career defining mistake from Johnston. Yeah. And ultimately, I think he's not only incredibly lucky in game not to have cost us because he could have scored regardless. I'm st- I think it def- it underlines what a what a shoddy referee Mike Dean is. That how did he stay on the pitch? I'm delighted he did. Yeah, well, I thought it was because that ball was going in, wasn't it? As well, I'm happy with the outcome. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I mean that's. I'd have been really pissed on the other side of that decision. Because for the first time ever in uh, my history of seeing Villa, I went in the North Stand Upper. Mm. Just because if I was going to this game, I'd, I'd say, let's do something that you know at least have some novelty value for me. Since I'm so jaded. So you went back to the seventies in the upper. So I went back to the se- went retro, wore an afro, and uh, <laughs> went in the um, upper. Enough. So I had a good view of the incident. Oh yeah, uh, you would have done you? First of all, you're like, what's happened there? And then yeah. you, then you, the next thing you're thinking, is that ball going into the net? But it obviously took a lot of sting off it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Would it? How much of a touch? I haven't actually seen the replay uh, on TV since, or on YouTube or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think he took that much momentum off the ball that Terry would have got rid of it anyway. I don't know. I don't so know. So from that point of view. I still think we were lucky. You would say that a yellow card is okay, but you, it could have gone either way. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think that moment, because ultimately that was the one that, that Downing curled onto the bar, and yeah. you think it was a needless. We had opportunities, some opportunities, despite our restraint. You think, but I also think if we'd have shown a bit more intent, at, you know, maybe in the first hour. I wasn't so impressed with Middlesbrough to think that they were... I thought they were a bang average Yeah, no, I'm, I'm completely with you there. I think after mm. the first leg, and let's say the first half an hour of this um, game at Villa Park, you, as a manager, you'd have thought, well, hang on a minute. I think we, we can pretty much stop these guys. Yeah. As long as we keep one eye on uh, Traore, I think we can commit an extra mm. man up. Mm. Like, get Snod, you know, allow Snodgrass a bit more, Hurrahan a bit more uh, freedom up, up yeah. top. and finish this off and, and I thought that very early on and it was the, no different in the first leg because Yedinak's essentially a third slightly more advanced centre half yeah. in my view it gets deeper as the always, game goes always has been for the he Villa was, he always has been for the Villa yes, as we've said many times but th- there was nothing getting past him and if, they, and if anything did it ran into either Chester or Terry and, yeah. and to be honest and, and I know that you know, Hutton's coming to the end of his, his time at Villa uh, you know despite a few balls into the box and a couple of a couple of pacey moves I really wasn't impressed with Adama Traore at all. No. And, uh, you know, I, I, no great loss for me. Yeah, I mean, in, in the context of him being a Villa player, uh, no big deal. Uh, in the context of him getting at us, I think he was just snuffed out quite yeah. easily. I thought, I thought really easy. Because I think his first touch isn't that great, but he's got good reflexes mm. and he's dripped. So he makes, you know, if he gets the ball, his mm. first touch isn't, you know, it's not silky, silky no, no. smooth, but because of his reactions and his speed and his power and his kind of bulk... He can get that ball and he can, you know, shrug off a yeah, defender yeah, or whatever. Yeah. He gets that yard that way, doesn't he? Yeah, so... Uh, don't you think it's more as the second game when I, I thought, yeah, it wasn't so dissimilar. We didn't get a great amount of time watching him at the Villa. But I thought his play was really predictable as well. Because every, yeah. every end product he tried to put in, was it was a repeat. He was either trying to burst into the gap or he was trying to do that... They say that yard where he tries to move the ball quickly. But I don't, you know, I, I thought it impacted Middlesbrough actually. I mean, what we did really see, and you boil it down, is how limited Tony Pulis is. Because yeah. here was a game they had to win. They were one 0 down. Yeah. And you understand, well, it's a cagey game at the start. So you give it the first sixty minutes. 
and play tight, as you would have done anyway, and maybe snatch that goal to equalise it on the night. But if nothing's happening, hmm. what have you got to lose to bring on Bamford alongside Asomla Longa? Who, I don't think Asomla Longa's got a great finisher no. for 15 million, but he Bamford wasn't is. Wasn't impressed with But Asomla Longa, he's the guy who's going to occupy the Villa's defence, and that second ball, Bamford's the one who can put it away. Hmm. Or, you know, cause, be that fox in the box, cause a bit of... Well, uh, what did Bamford get, maybe... 20 minutes, 25 minutes across the two games. And it was like for like substitution. Yeah, if he yeah. came on alongside him, then suddenly Chirore's uh, got a you know, couple of targets in there. Yeah. And Pulis's most aggressive move was to bring on Rudy Gusted right at the death of the game. And it was like, you know, is this all you're throwing at us? That was the, that's the moment I thought we'd unfurl the flag. <laughs> I thought it would come down with just a giant <laughs> smile emoji. <laughs> That would be brilliant. So we're talking about the uh, this, the big surprise flag, which was meant to be uh, un- unveiled from the, the top of the halt uh, before the game, which said, we are Villa. <laughs> but uh, in the in the preparation, uh, the me- the kind of mechanics behind it, it just it, sometimes it got stuck <laughs> when they were testing it. Sometimes it wasn't like raising fast enough. So obviously when you bring it down before the game, fireworks on the pitch, you bring that down. If it's not being raised quick enough, uh, a lot of people, especially in the upper hole, aren't going to actually see the first five minutes of the game. It's really hard to see through a giant Chinese flag as well. I mean, it would have it would have just stung a blatant communist advertisement, I suppose. What are you talking about? But no, you're right. If that flag was... that's a, That could be something for next season. Forget about the We Are The Villa, the Lion, whatever. Just have a giant um, smiling emoji, which which has a mechanism that can be dropped instantly and, and, and lifted instantly. So maybe the shit emoji. So we could have had the shit emoji. We could have different ones. Yeah, have it like an electronic flag. So, for example, <laughs> and it and it makes a commentary on what's happening in the game. So Rudy Gestead comes in, a giant gently, shit emoji comes down. Gently lowers from the halt. Uh, ah. Adama Traore tries to cross the ball. A big smiley emoji comes from a giant flag the, on the uh, hole. It's the aubergine one that looks like a cock. I'd want that one. And, and the peach one. I think we're on to yeah. something here. Yeah. Mm. We'll be watching Villa. If this idea is stolen, I expect my royalties. Hmm. If you want match day experience, as they like to call it, I think we've just hit a home run with this idea. Yeah, so yeah, I wasn't. Uh, I mean, obviously there's an underlying tension because you've got to get through, but Middlesbrough didn't really. I wasn't. We weren't under the cosh no. at any real stage, really. No, not like the first leg either. I, I yeah. thought that though they had a lot of the ball second half, they didn't do a lot with it. No, I mean they had two shots, uh, two shots on target in the first leg, zero in the second leg. But in the first leg, they they had that header that kind of. Mm. Sam Johnson was uh, well positioned to make the save mm. and it had no power on it or whatever. Oh, yeah. Just went straight at him. And even that was kind of innocuous in the scheme of things. If normally if you're doing a highlights reel, say three minutes, you wouldn't even put that in normally. But there was a couple of, I thought their goalkeeper played quite well over the two legs. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he, made the, he made the good save from, uh, from Snodgrass for the yeah. curling effort at the end of the first half. Good save from Grealish. The, goal, the, the one I thought would have been scored, and it's one he scored a few times since he's joined us on loan, is Graban's near post. Yeah, uh, stab yeah. if you like. That's the one he's been picking up of late. Yeah, um, but that was that was a really good save. Actually. I loved I loved Groban's uh, since he was so isolated because Villa's midfield wouldn't push up and support. Uh, 
He, he was, played well considering. He was kind of isolated, had nowhere yeah. to go. Nowhere. And when he finally got the ball from about, was it 30 yards out, 35 yards out? He took it. He said, fuck <laughs> this. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, was a decent shot, actually. Yeah, it was. It was. Required a save. I forget at the time. I think there was some sort of, there was a slightly, I don't think it was particularly contentious, but something had happened off the ball and someone was down or... And, and it seemed like both teams had stopped and he had the ability to turn. It was good. It was at least 30 yards, wasn't it? So I'm just still looking to see how much shit's on my shirt. The, the, the kamikaze <laughs> but, bird. I'm going to caveat this by saying you can't really blame the bird because I am wearing like a 1984 retro platini French shirt. So no wonder he shat on he me. He shat on you because of the FIFA and the... FIFA, well, French for starters. French. FIFA, secondly... Platini, bit of a brick. It was a Canada goose that shat on you. Yeah, maybe. Pitch invasion. There'd be a big debate about this pitch invasion. On Twitter, took the piss out of the the Fulham one, but, you know, it's just a throwaway Mm, Twitter mm. joke. And Mm. then, obviously, you think in the way Villa have put out all these uh, don't-go-on-the-pitch warnings, and then you see the amount of stewards there, you're thinking, uh, actually, it probably won't be a pitch invasion because we're too, you know... We're too big time. Too, too big time for this kind of uh, shenanigans. And, uh, you know, it happened. But, you know, you're thinking, well, you know, kids want to be kids. And other yeah. fans, you know, yep. Yep. you've paid all that money. <clears throat> and regardless of the what game it was and the importance of the game or anything like that, you know, it's a bit of fun at the end of the season also. Yeah. Because sometimes there's pitch invasions just <laughs> at the end of the season, isn't there? It was. Just because it's the end of the it's season. It's the end of the season. I don't think, I don't think the chanting of... Of where were you when 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 we were shit was necessary because to be fair, considering how shit we were, our, our attendance is held up pretty well to be honest. Yeah, there's, there's not much else going on in Aston on a on a Saturday afternoon, and and I think the the sport of following Villa over a certain period was to see how shit we could actually get. I mean, I I remember turning. That's why we started this podcast. It was it was a sport. It was a, an enterprise in in the doldrums, and this is actually. This is this is like watching Brazil to us. It's why that why people pull out a 1980s French France shirt because they've refound their love <laughs> for the game. And you could be on, you could be dissecting <laughs> subliminally what my fashion choices nowadays. It it's because of the rise of uh, Villa's fortunes. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. 
there's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And, you know, pitch invasions, uh, I've got no opinion on that. I, I... Yeah, it's like live and let live from my point of view. I mean, the police have come out with their statement because they are, you know, they're trying to get their quota of banning orders in place <laughs> and... Uh... <laughs> I mean, it's ironic on the one hand that the club will come out and you know they're pleading people to get off the pitch, and then their social media and marketing is full of pictures of Jack Grealish being held yeah. aloft and John Terry amongst the fans. Like I mean, a they're, king and they're I mean they're doing both. they're doing the warnings obviously because they don't want to get fined. Yeah. Uh, it's not it's not really the club's problem. It's, it shouldn't it's, be either. In reality, the hypocrisy is all yeah. down at the FA's feet because yeah, they don't yeah, know yeah. what the fuck they're doing because it's all part of the game. It's always been tradition. And it's just this uh, trying to separate the fans from the players because now they're this kind of expensive, expensive commodity and they don't want to take the risk and they're trying to make out that, you know, fans are going to injure players and all this kind of... Nobody even... That never entered off, you know, minds going back, you know, 20 years, no. 30 years, whatever. I'm not saying it couldn't happen, but in the confines... Yeah, but it, <laughs> you know, it's, it's celebration the, yeah, yeah. and these are people's heroes. Uh, so, that, you know, they're not going to go and rough them up. And, and if, thing, if you're going to give, you know, if you're a fan on the pitch and you're near the away fans, mm. you're going to give them like the odd wanker sign, aren't you? And if you get a three-year ban for that, then that's just ridiculous. Well, let's rewind to actual real like incidents of disorder. You know, I, I think back to the night when uh, the first the first season when Blues came back to the Premier League at St Andrews. That was a war zone that was out of control. The, yeah. the Enkum and uh, Melbourne night. Yeah. You know, and the, the, probably the, the couple of return legs at Villa Park. But, you know, there was genuine disorder at games like that. Yeah. But have a look around friggin' Europe. You know, when Hamburg were relegated, you couldn't see through the thick black smog of. I was pyro, yeah. You know. I was going to say. Uh, that's some, disorder. There was you know there's a few smoke bombs on the pitch and it's like well it's just part of the atmosphere yeah. and people making a big thing about it's it fuck and all. the police saying oh uh, amping up that people had been choking and dying and uh, <laughs> yes. from I mean, smoke poisoning or whatever but I don't make light of what I'm about to say but it's not like not like you're going to be reporting Villa to the United Nations like Syria or anything like that it's no. because the, you know it's it's some fucking fireworks at the end of the night but compare it same night oh, sorry night after. Europa League Cup final, Marseille, their end behind the goal, lit up. A flame. Pretty much like <laughs> somebody set it alight yeah. and just burnt all the fans. It was just... And you look at that, and that's a European final. And, you know, it's a UEFA event. UEFA, normally, it's like no alcohol at European mm -hmm. games and all these kind of uh, mm. puritanical laws. But... Uh, <laughs> but, uh, for want of a better word... Oh, I like that. And the, the kind of outcry over just a couple of smoke bombs on... I mean, they're just pissed off because they went through, you know, they managed to uh, smuggle them in, got through their yeah, security. Yeah, yeah. But in the context of what happens and what's let to fly in a European final, which is a much more higher profile game than uh, a semi-final of mm -hmm. a promotion uh, playoff. But yeah, it's kind of live and let live on that from my point of view. And uh, yes, personally, I wouldn't. I'm not on the pitch doing handstands because nah. we've just beat Middlesbrough in a playoff that doesn't actually get us anywhere until uh, no, I, well, we do the final. But that's that's a good point to end that on, I suppose. Is that the two bits for me is that you, you can't you can't try and market football as, as this exciting fan-involved experience and then yeah. try and stifle it at the same time. Yeah, no, I, and the I other agree. bit is the job isn't done. Yeah, the job isn't done. Yeah, you've got people. Uh, in the marketing team at Villa putting out tweets saying, and they're not real football fans, they're more rugby fans from the bio. And the main guy's a blues saying, guy. Saying, this is the biggest, yeah, and the main guy's a blues guy. 
this is the biggest game at Villa Park for decades. And Fuck it, off. Um, first of all, that's... That com- makes me furious. First of, furious. All, first of all, that's completely <laughs> wrong. Secondly, why are you amping it up if you don't want people to get yeah. so excited that they're going to run on the pitch yeah. to celebrate the greatest win ever in the history of Aston Villa? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's hypocrisy there. Also, the hypocrisy of... Uh, uh, that's true. Trying to give fans extra grief just for, like, three smoke bombs when... At the start of the game, you've got pyro flamethrowers oh. <laughs> on the pitch. So there's this double standards thing, It's uh, which is kind of amusing. Yeah, well, to us, yeah. yeah. To those of us who think about these things. Yeah. On a beautiful, but, uh, beautiful evening. But that game, I mean, that's done and dusted. Fulham, uh, just in a nutshell, because I'm sure we'll talk about this in a f- podcast before the Wembley uh, event. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Frappuccino. <laughs> it's all got very uh, bourgeoisie, this podcast now. <laughs> I think we're just, we just swear on it because we're the only podcast that swears because we're trying to cover up the fact that we, while we're swearing, we're drinking iced fucking Americanas. <laughs> we could be in anywhere private, in the world. In private parks. <laughs> <laughs> ah. But, you know, birds are shitting on us. Well, they're shitting on me. Uh, yeah. You're dressed a bit smarter because you, you've just come back from work, so you, you got lucky there. That dog matches your coffee. He does. Maybe. It's a brown Dalmatian just come up. Uh, Fulham. Yes. People uh, fearing Fulham. As we said on the last. I fear no one. <laughs> as we said on the last podcast, I mean, people are saying, <laughs> oh, you know, Fulham 23 game unbeaten run, they're playing amazing football. Let's break it down, people. Yes. 23 game unbeaten run yep. against a sack of shit, basically. Yeah. Against the Villa team, we're in that unbeaten run. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got beat 2-0 because we were missing Grealish. We are missing and Adoma. Adoma, yeah. Wolves, they're already thinking they'd uh, won the league. Uh, they, mm-hmm. Wolves could drop points knowing they'd end up winning that league. The rest of the team's pretty crap. If Fulham turn up, they should be able to beat most of the championship. If we follow suit, we should have done the same. I mean, we were five points off them in the end. And if you look at F- Preston at home... QPR at home if we won both of those two games we'd have been on the same points do you know what I'm, I'm minded similarly to you on that the, the acid test for me was that when it came down to a real crunch fixture at the end yeah they bottled it they bottled it and, and they bottled it I mean we spoke briefly two about they bottled two yeah 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 I mean Derby the, away was their second crunch mm-hmm. fixture and they mm-hmm. bottled that one as well I mean obviously they got their act together but it's at home I mean I know the Blues don't sell out often but we you know I think we said before when you when you get them get them there and we've been down there as yeah. as, as a villa and it can be a, it can be an intimidating place, but major fuck up not getting promoted automatically from my point of view and that's got to be in the back of their heads too. And you look at that second leg against Derby. Yes, they control the game most Derby of the time, but Derby ball watching Session was free for that first goal. They were ball watching. They left him free on the back post on the far side. That it wouldn't was, have happened against Villa. It'd have been cringe. I think the other thing about the, the, my memory of the Derby-Fulham game, as I saw it, was uh, Derby had two great chances, one of which was a header from about six yards that fell yeah. unmarked to Andy Vyman, who could do, well, to be honest, as a Villa fan, I could have predicted what he would have done, which was... Uh, head in his hands. <laughs> fucking head it over like he was playing rugby. That sums up... It's a little bit of the Gary Rowett that I don't like, really. That I think he's a bit all-mouth sometimes, and yeah. talking, up, talking up his players, and that's a bit of a motivational technique. I thought they were pants, and I think Fulham's test... Will be us. Yeah, the other thing is, 
if, if they were intimidated by the Blues, I think they're going to get a shock when they go to Wembley. Mm. Especially the fans who were just thinking, oh yeah, we play good football, we're going to, you know, we're going to demolish Villa. Mm. We grind on the pitch and off the pitch. In the stands, we grinded Liverpool to dust when they were singing, you'll never walk alone. You, you couldn't hear it. No, no. And that Liverpool are, Liverpool are pretty much up there in terms of if yeah, you're looking at yeah, the best yeah, fans yeah. in terms of loudness, you'd you'd put Liverpool up there. Especially and pretty much. When they came up against Villa, they they got a shock and a half. Mm. And we we'll be there, and they'll actually be. I mean, talking about the Liverpool game against Arsenal, it was uh, we would you know we had twenty five thousand there. They'd taken about six seven thousand tickets off. You know, yeah, for corporate. All these bloody corporate volunteers things. You don't really get the same atmosphere. They they pump up the sound so loud that their choreographed dance routines on the pitch you know drown everything out so there's no real atmosphere but in the semi uh this time round in the final of the, the playoffs we're gonna have about six seven thousand mm. more than we did against liverpool now on the other side you've got fulham fans who when they buy their tickets they can buy up to five tickets because they haven't got enough mm. hardcore fans yep. to fill that end so you're going to get a lot of day trippers you're going to get a lot of neutrals who are mates, mm. Mm. mates of the fans who are coming in for a day out at wembley that's not going to stand up against what, what we've got in terms of loudness, vocalness. And there was a taste in the semi against Middlesbrough, I think, the way yeah. that at, at three or four times, all, all four corners of the ground, the, the noise was, you know, though I don't think the game was comparable in stature to others, the noise was as loud as I've heard it for a long time yeah, at I mean, Villa Park. As I said, you know, I was just going up, up and north just to complete. Mm. I've been in every stand, but apart from uh, every stand tier, apart from that one. Mm. And people were all standing up on the top giving it the wide arms, giving it, large, giving, it giving it large, and singing all the way through. So uh, people have fired up, and they'll be fired up uh, for the Fulham. And Fulham, I think, mm. they're, from a fan's point of view, it's just mm. it's another day out in London. And they, it's a family club. They have a neutral zone. For, and when the beast of Villa comes to town, it's, it'll be a different thing. And it will be a beast. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, Pim Sippers versus... <laughs> I think, I'm not going to re-rant. I think I started this, as you'll yeah. hear in a moment, if you've not already heard, my, my prawn-munching rant is, is probably... I think I made my views clear. <laughs> yeah, there might, there might be a bit of uh, duplication on the next podcast. Of, uh, <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm confident about that game. I think be- before we actually qualified for the playoffs, my main concern was Middlesbrough over too late because I thought they were a lot better than they were and I thought they were peaking at the right time and I was just thinking you know Premier League team have also last season and they've spent a bit this Mm. season as well so I thought this this is going to be a tough test and Pulis is a bit of a stubborn bastard so uh, that would be the identity of the team we thought that they they would be the team coming to Villa Park perhaps as a a bit of a dark horse on the on the ascendancy, and I also thought there'd be a bit of desperation on Pulis's part to the big fuck you to West Brom. As yeah. Well, but see ya. Yeah, and but I thought if Middlesbrough had played Fulham in in the in the semis, I think Middlesbrough. This is before Ooh, the event. I think yeah, Middlesbrough yeah, would have yeah, got rid of yeah, Fulham. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fulham kind of got lucky because Derby uh, can't grind like uh, Middlesbrough and Villa can. Yeah. No. So I think you've got. Ultimately, after seeing what Middlesbrough had to offer, which wasn't that much, you've got the best two teams. I mean, obviously, we finished third and fourth, but you've got the best two teams for the best final that you could possibly have. Now, it's a, it'll be interesting to see if Bruce plays with a similar mindset or lets them off the leash a bit. Do you know, I just wonder whether we've got... I think we've got a number of... what We've I would got the players to, be, to take them. We, I do, if we I go toe-and-toe, toe, we can beat them. I, I think, think we've got some big game players as well. Yeah. I think that 
I don't think it would be so gung-ho. I think it would be kind of, it's just a different game plan. Pretty much most of them have played at Wembley. I mean, Hurahan with Barnsley's won, won playoffs in divisions. Uh, I think he's played League there one, twice, yeah. 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 I think he's won there twice. I mean, Terry, it's not going to be even, not going to be phased remotely by that. No, Yedinak, Bjarnason have all played, yeah. you know, World Cups, European Championships. Chester, Chester's well, well same. established internationally. European Championship semi-final. Hutton, similarly. Johnson's the only one who might shit his pants, but... He looks looks solid to me. He does look Famous Premier League. Last words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Grealish what was his sixth game for Villa. Was at Wembley. Uh, and phase. This is this will be his third once. And now he's a different player to what he was then. Graban played there last season. You look at the yeah. Fulham team, mm-hmm. and I mean last season they didn't get through the semi-finals. Nope. Session hasn't played at Wembley unless he's played there for youth level or something. I can't. I mean I can't recall off the top of my head but unless he's played in like some YouTubers <laughs> Wembley Cup final or something <laughs> Spencer FC <laughs> Mitrovic is interesting because mm. he is their main man he's a bully he's a and he's got great touch he control he's dangerous a, he's, he's dangerous a, I mean they've got that strike force as of, a target man he's, he's a cultured target yeah, man yeah. and what he's got this season that he didn't really have at Newcastle he was a hothead last season I mean he probably get sent off more likely to get sent off than to score he's the player you might target actually but equally I think you'd want to treat him very carefully so what I mean he is a, still obviously got that tendency of being a hot head and it, Wembley Villa fans going bloody mad heating up the uh, tension the mm. uh, what's at stake the intensity of what's at stake you know if he, things intense. don't go well for him I think it'll get under his collar a bit and you know he, he might be uh, yeah. not have a great day but uh, saying that him and Session are the main threats uh, but they've got pace I mean Frederick's on the right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but we'll go through their team with a bit <laughs> um, I need a shower I think <laughs> <laughs> you smeared yourself in but no they've uh... Mitrovic is a serious threat I'm relaxed at the moment but I'm now more confident about this game than I was against Middlesbrough I mean, I was confident God. against Manchester United in '94, and they were, we were four to one outsiders. That was a, and that was a good Manchester United team. And that was a great Manchester United team. Bar the that, goalkeeper. That had just won the league for the great first time United for team. years. Yeah. If Schmeichel was, was uh, actually playing that game, I think it would might have been a bit different. It would have been a lot closer. That was still that a way. superb Man United team. But it was a great Manchester United team, including mm. uh, Villa's current manager. But I was confident, course, and, and it yeah. just yeah. building up to it on the day wasn't nervous no. it was and that's what happened against Liverpool the fans it wasn't like this you're sitting there and go oh, I hope it goes well in the first mm, 10 minutes mm. and then from the off it, it was, was like a, we're, we are, we're coming here it was a different feeling wasn't it and you it know Neville Wilk alone came on and it, normally it's a great moment just yeah. as a football fan it's, it's a good moment and the way it was drowned out I mean of course we're called the villains for a reason. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna hiss all the way through. Never mind. I mean, the they, they can, they can suppress your flag, our flags, all they want. <laughs> yeah, they can ban our flags, <laughs> but they can't stop us uh, defecating on your never walk alone. I mean, as the birds have, ironically, they're, they're circling you now. <laughs> but I think we'll march into that, and I you know, we, 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 we've been joking about big club complex and mentality, but. We will be marching into town. But the point's true that there's going to be at, at most 20,000 genuine Fulham fans yeah. there and twice as many genuine Villa fans. And, you know, 
the, the fact is that we probably could sell 20,000 more for argument's sake. If the prices were a bit cheaper. If the prices were a bit cheaper. Or if actually they gave us a fair allocation. Um, yeah. In reality. But uh, I mean 38,000, over 38,000 is not bad. It's going to be a cauldron. I think if it's we can recreate what was at Villa Park against Middlesbrough. And, and, and uh, the Liverpool game. And the Liverpool game. You know, we've got the pedigree for it. I think there's there's a hunger, isn't there, for Villa to get to to achieve something. You know, this is where we're at now. This is the most yeah. we can achieve in the yeah. moment. And Let's do it in front of everyone. And sometimes my mind drifts off, and I think, what if we don't do it? But I don't actually think about that too long because I'd, at the moment I'm pretty confident that I mean this is all great material for Fulham podcasts mm. to uh, obviously play if they do <laughs> endlessly win endlessly on a loop, endlessly on a loop. But yeah, at the end of the day, we don't give a shit. No, it's not like. Awkward. <laughs> Don't well, give a shit. So uh, no, I, I think the only thing I'm not so bothered about in the footballing sense of being in the championship. I'm worried of the financial bit, which sounds crazy, and that's modern yeah, football. Yeah, that's me. that's why people are we're hyping up this uh, semi-final against Middlesbrough because they're thinking about the money yeah. as opposed to yeah. the stature of the game. As I said to you know fans of like the bigger clubs in England, it's like you know it's, it's just a novelty that mm-hmm. probably they won't even watch. They just look at the score. Oh, Villa are in the in the yeah. got in, got to the final. It's not a spectacle. Be good to have them back to you know have a bigger team in the uh, Premier League because you know we're we're getting bored of playing Watford and Burnley and Bournemouth. (laughs) (laughs) I think the the crazy thing about the the relegated teams is I mean this is and this is a slight on the Albion. The Albion were a boring team to play as well, and it it used to be a you know Villa Albion should be a spectacle, shouldn't it? It always was on the fixture list and was was increasingly rare in the 90s because of the Albion being in the Championship. When they did get up and they stabilised. Boring. Yeah, actually, uh, the Villa Albion games are pretty boring, weren't they? Mm. Recent times. The first one I ever was conscious of was I saw it on Match of the Day, and it was Villa 4, Albion 3. And I remember Romeo Zondervan of West Brom scoring a rocket past Nigel Spinks and John Motson going, Zondervan! <laughs> <laughs> It became the reason they got relegated, and the Albion got relegated for very similar reasons to us in the end. And this is this, this is this mentality uh, which we speak about on the podcast that uh, will be released after this one. Uh, as we've seen, is West Ham, Everton. They've got these mm. grinder managers in these mm. so-called dinosaurs, and they've decided they got rid of them. And uh, this is a mentality that's becoming increasingly prevalent in the Premier League. Is this, we must survive just financially and it's, it's not football anymore it's just businesses so we must survive in the Premier League so we get TV rights money and we can sell as much merchandise or whatever to to our you know fan group and it became increasingly group. less about that I mean Villa were behind the curve in terms of globalisation and selling things but yeah. worked out that by surviving that they made a significant amount of money and I thought it was interesting today that yeah. looking at Huddersfield that you know it's not just about the 150 160 million you get for going up they make a hundred. They've made three hundred and fifty odd million by staying up. Now. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's the difference, isn't it? That we in our in terms of our little corner of the world, it could either be a thirty-four million pound remainder of yeah, the parachute it, payment, or it's it's a whole it's a whole different ball game. And that shows you the gap, really. Yeah, it shows you the gap. In. I mean, that's the thing now. It's, the financial side is encroaching into the mindset of the regular supporter. And normally, it used to be about just the football and we supporting your team. But never now, used to bother me. Yeah, you never used to think about it. Never used to bother me. But the reality is that for every season, we stay down, and that's the that's the juxtaposition, isn't it? That very few teams have come to Villa Park this season and sat behind the ball. Yeah. Yet you think of the 
you know, even when we were at our worst, we saw some dive football spectacles at Villa Park because the Swansea's, the Bournemouth's, the West Brom's. Swansea's always so... used. Swansea's would beat us though, <laughs> and actually play better than. <laughs> they, we well, Swansea, did. I mean, they, that was when Swansea were good before the last season. Back to when Tom Fox season, used them so. as the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was the example of who we should be, and that was a depressing moment. But it? we did. <laughs> I mean, going back to even Martin O'Neill's yeah. time, he would. His team was built for the away game counter-attack. That's how it was pace up front, solid in defence. So mm. when we played at home, we would struggle breaking teams down yeah. at home. Yeah. Because yeah. we didn't really have the guile, but also they would come It was to a combination of, yeah. of Tonev, Didier Agath and Chris Sutton. I always thought that stifled us, but <laughs> I mean, others see it differently. Right. While the sun sets in the... Is that the south? Or the west? They, I need a compass. <laughs> Just right. Which way the birds are tracking on route to shitting on you, and then we can go east. Yeah, they're going to be migrating soon when I pull out my 12 bore shotgun and start <laughs> randomly firing into the trees. <laughs> <laughs> right, until the next podcast, which will be soon, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from him. Goodbye. are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage nissan townstar ev strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty and with a bench full of all-star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all-star quality search nissan townstar ev and visit your local all-star van center to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.